Hello. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. My name is Kyle Hyatt, and with me here, not in his dining room for once, thank God. I know. James McKeon. Jimmy McKeon, cub reporter, world's greatest living podcaster. That's nice to say, Kyle. But where are we? Where have we taken this on the road to today? Well, James McKeon, senior. We are... Uh, that's an inside joke, guys. We... That we, was, we made that one earlier up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're pretty stoked because we're at the site of the, well, it was a Toyota Museum. Still technically, I'd think, a museum because there's a lot of cars here still. It's museum-esque. Yeah. Certainly. Um, but it's great because it's filled with old Toyotas that we know and love. And uh, yeah, we were here with that other program we used to do what, the, like a year the, and a half ago. The show that cannot be named. Car Stories. Yep. Yeah. Can't name it. Right. Um, anyway, we're stoked because we're here today with Jackie Birdsall. And uh, she is a senior engineer for Toyota. and. She's probably a lot smarter than both of us. Put together, combined, easily. Yeah, we we podcast for not a living. Yeah, we try. So, yeah. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for taking the time out of, um. what day is it today? Tuesday? Yeah, very hectic Tuesday for someone. Yeah. I mean, she's got to be busy all the time, Kyle. I would imagine. Engineering something. Well, Seniorly, the, at that. En- engineering never sleeps. No, never. Mm-mm. <laughs> Anyway, so tell us a little bit about you and like kind of how you got to where you are now as like a... Not just this room, but how you got to your position. <laughs> I was about to say, I made a left turn, yeah, a right so, turn. Yeah. More so how you became to be your role here at Toyota. <laughs> sure. So um, I, I've, I've, I've been with Toyota now for just over six years. Before that, I was with a non-for-profit working, um, representing Toyota with fuel cell vehicles. Um, so what I do now is I'm part of the fuel cell vehicle group here in Los Angeles. We're part of Toyota Motor North America's research and development team. Cool. And uh, we launched the Toyota Mirai in 2015. Now we have, you know, over 3,500 of them on the road. Um, we're continuing to work towards the next uh, iteration of the model. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's been um, my very first introduction to fuel cells was 2003. I was an intern. So it's been a, a 15-year journey for me to to get a fuel cell vehicle from a garage to on the road and in the hands of customers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The, yeah, the Mirai is, it, it cuts a certain <laughs> figure when you see one in traffic. It doesn't look like anything else, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it's interesting too, is it, fuel cell vehicles in general are not super common, especially outside of Southern California, because there isn't really a huge hydrogen infrastructure. That's the word I'm looking for. Infrastructure. You can get that, Kyle, eventually. Word of the day. Um, but (laughs) here there, there seem to be, you know, there, there seems to be some more interest. I know, I mean, Toyota, obviously, um, Honda had the, the insight for a while, but they went to an EV. I don't think that's a fuel cell vehicle anymore. No, I mean, I or, not, no, sorry, not, the, not to make um, a the plug. The clarity, that's the, that's they right. still have the clarity. Oh, they do. Yeah, the clarity, the clarity is out and about. Um, right. And uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. One of the the biggest reasons that we've launched in California, Southern California, and Northern California is because we had support from the state of California mm-hmm. to help get that infrastructure off the ground. So with this technology, we kind of, we called it kind of the Valley of Death, where mm-hmm. um, you know it was it, we were ready so to cheery. launch it, but without. <laughs> Just- isn't it cheery? It's wonderful. It, it just, is. It just it elicits so many wonderful yeah. emotions. Birds singing, Butterflies, yeah. rainbows, mm-hmm. the it's valley like of death. It's a Disney film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Pixar, maybe. That's right. Okay. <laughs> maybe, yeah, certainly, yeah. <laughs> Feelings. Anyway. So, yeah, I really, I mean, it took some government support because it was, you know, Toyota builds cars. We don't build infrastructure, mm-hmm. typically. 
And so um, really, we had to launch in a place where we had adequate support from the government. And for us, it was a it was a combination of you know, what we call the right place, right time. Customers were ready. Customers are more educated than ever. We're having more outlets such as, you know, your podcast. Let's mm-hmm. get, you know, m- people have more access to information and they're wanting to make decisions. They want to buy zero emission. And the options for zero emission are either battery electric or fuel cell electric. And fuel cell for us fits into our portfolio where the battery electric can't right. in that it's filled with three to five minutes fueling time, yep. 300 miles of all electric driving range. Um, and now we're even starting to take that same system, put two of them into a class eight semi okay. and demonstrate out of the port of Long Beach that we can have zero emission mode of power for a large vehicle that needs to be refilled quickly and, you know, try to remove more diesel semis off the road. So for us, it was, um, you know, we're, we're launching it mainly in California first, but as we see success here, demonstrate success in California, we can continue to roll it out throughout the U.S., and this is a global vehicle. So we launched mm-hmm. it also in Japan and, and in Europe as well. Okay. So like, what's the hydrogen infrastructure like in Japan, in, in Europe? Is it fairly robust or is it, again, sort of a challenge, but something that you guys are pushing towards, you know, maybe? I would say there are, um, they have more national support mm-hmm. um, in the other countries. They are obviously also smaller countries than the U.S. typically, help. depending on which one you're looking at. But um yeah, Japan has around 100 stations. Okay. Yeah, so they're building out. Um, same with Europe. They have a big plan for build-out as well, and, and the other automakers are launching there as well. So we work um, in a kind of unique situation where because we have a common goal of moving towards hydrogen and, and all electric, that even the automakers tend to work together in that space to make sure that we can site stations where they're accessible to our customers and sure. that we're really leveraging the maximum amount of, of public funding if you're looking at stations that have been supported by the state or local governments or whomever that we're making sure that those stations are accessible to all of the automakers. Okay. That's pretty interesting. So going further back in history, um, I mean, did you, how did you develop an interest in fuel cell technology? I mean, was that, did you have a love of cars that then kind of turned into that or did it go the other way or is it mostly just fuel cells that you're interested in and cars are kind of a bonus or how does it work? Cause it, it 100% went from, went from well, actually, it may have been a marriage, actually, okay. because okay. I mean, when I so, you know, when I was when I was in elementary school, I um, I was, you know, the kid that was running around my my house and changing out all of our faucets with, you know, low pressure, low flow mm-hmm. faucets, which kind of irked my parents a bit when you go to fill up a cup of water, <laughs> have a shower. But I, you know, I kept I'd hear, hear all these stories and want to do something about it. And, you know, mom, dad, we, let's get a recycling bin, you know, sure, sure. so I always kind of had this. Um, passion for the environment and then you know when i turned 15 and kind of had my first experience when my best friend turned 16 and got her driver's license all of a sudden this new world opened up to me sure <laughs> of that i think you guys very well understand as do most of your listeners mm-hmm. um that's the joy of of and the freedom of of being in a car yeah and so sure. so then as soon as i um as soon as I, I knew it was going to happen. There was wow. always one. Always going to be one. Always going to be one. Oh, there's always one. Always one. That's all right. Blaming, blaming the hours. Luckily, we don't edit. So. <laughs> it, it all goes in. So we're going to hear Brenda in there. It's going to be totally fine. No pressure at all. <laughs> what was her last name? Should we? Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, on Twitter, Brenda is. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, so you, go on. you got your car, your license at 15 or 16 then? And my best friend got her her license. I will not comment as to whether or not I drove prior to getting my license. Of so, course. Um, if you not, did, nobody... it would have been in a personal field. Exactly. A farmer's license, not, clearly. Yeah, farmer's license. Farmer's clearly. license. Probably yeah. sat on someone's knee yes. anything. Exactly. Maybe exactly. just a steering wheel. Exactly. Nothing more than that. Yep. I'm not, you know, my, my father did not participate at all. Um, but I, you know, I, I think I think there is there is something about the love of driving that mm-hmm. is a real a real thing that a lot of people experience, and I certainly had it. And then as I learned more and more, um, you know, it kind of became a challenge because I knew nothing about it. So okay. I, you know, I I knew my you know my family. There's no automotive inclination or even passion for cars at all in mm-hmm. my family. And so for me, there was a challenge about not knowing anything about it, that it was also attractive. Sure. And then once I started to learn more and more about it and, you know, fall into the, the you know, kind of, I took auto ROP in high school and sure. um, took apart, you know, my first engine and it, it just totally became a passion. So I actually went to school. Um, originally, I wanted to be a designer. Okay. And um, I quickly learned that I'm not creative enough hmm. to be a designer, which I fully agree with. I use the other side of my brain. So kudos to those who, yeah, who that, pointed it out rather have, quickly. Who, yes, yes. Yeah. You saved me all of that time. Mm-hmm. That would have been a really painful experience of going down the wrong path. Um, so then I, I was introduced to engineering. Uh, totally fell in love with it. I wanted to work on on powertrain. I really was attracted, actually, to supercars, okay. which seems Who to be yeah. supercars you know, would be attractive. No, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, like the McLaren F1. I used to just sit there and just draw yeah. it. What a class. snoozer! I know yeah, it's, it's so just, boring. I mean, oh, it's slow. Oh, exactly. It's all the, slow. What technology slow, went into that? Slow. What did Gordon Peter do there? Really? No, it honestly. doesn't even have ABS or power steering. And as you know, they're also. I mean, they're very fuel efficient vehicles as well. So it actually makes sense. That that's what led me down yeah. the road. Well, the I... trick is, I mean, you have as big an engine with as many <laughs> cylinders as you can. I thought it was always, and then to each have... one has to work less hard. I always thought it was to have the lightest stereo. The lightest stereo possible made all the difference. And that's if right. they'd gone with the six-pound stereo instead of the three-point-eight pound, plus if you you got to make sure your, your toolkit's made out of titanium, and then you're not lugging that weight around. It's just fuel savings all around. It's very and efficient. you can't fit golf clubs in it. So although no, Gordon go. Murray, to be fair, is like super interested in hyper fuel efficient this that and the other thing like he's such a strange guy great guy and a wine enthusiast yeah oh well, well, there you go well the things that i fell into later in life i They're mean great. the hits yeah. just kept on Thanks coming mclaren there you go yeah, i blame yeah. mclaren just like you didn't even know you and gordon murray soulmates oh <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so yeah so right well and, and i think part of that then also uh you know i the history of the automotive industry in the u.s is is really fascinating so then i started you know i read read all the books i Coca, mm-hmm. the reckoning you know, and and I had to go to Michigan. Sure. I had to, had to, had to go to Michigan. When did you go to Michigan? What month of the year? I actually went out there. Believe this is this. So we did the college tour circuit, mm-hmm. right? And you know, at this point, I'm I'm fully engrossed. I'm working at Pet Boys after school. Okay. Um, which, uh, yeah, we'll, Pet we'll, Boys. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that later. Yeah, sure. Please feel free to <laughs> feel free. Is to. it an automatic or is it a manual? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's just find out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I worked there after school. Also did my auto RP class. So you know, if I wasn't in school, I was I was or playing soccer. Sure. I was I was working on cars, and then I had me you know my friends chop shops afterwards, which you know then we'd go and spend the rest of the night causing some kind of shenanigans, thinking that we you know were doing something that would get us into Fast and the Furious. Of or, course, I don't, we're improving you know. the performance. Definitely <laughs> yes. improving Always. the performance. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent legal things we were doing Always. all the time. 
all the time. Uh, and so, you know, we went and saw, you know, Cal Poly Slow and Humboldt and Berkeley, you know, and these beautiful campuses all over California. And um, then I, you know, I heard about Kettering University, school General Motors Institute mm-hmm. in Flint, Michigan. Beautiful, and scenic Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan. Every, everything you would ever want. Yeah. And and I mean, apologize, apologies to the Detroit Tourism Bureau, but this was a while ago. But so they, they flew me out for a scholarship weekend and it was in I think it was in February, or March. Oh, perfect. And almost. my mom la- and I land in the old Detroit terminal. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And the, the ceiling tiles are are falling out and there's wires hanging down. Mm-hmm. And my mom's looking at me. <laughs> so you're saying the Detroit airport sold you when you're like, you know what? This 100%. is the place for me. hundred No, well, it wasn't just that. It was it was in the, the shuttle to the rental car where you know the potholes were almost swallowed the, the oh, yeah. full-size mm-hmm. shuttle you know and then we get to the rental car and it was already rusted through it was already rusted through the brakes were questionable the tires everything we get to school and we could barely walk from the parking lot to the campus because the wind was so strong yeah. well it might, it was if just, you just sort of position yourself differently and open the jacket it could have blown you it could, well yeah. if i if it had been the other way you know yeah. we would have had to park around the building and then just parachute it in sure but you know because of the of this of the relative location of the parking lot to the to the structure that Poor wasn't planning. really an, an option so yeah. we really had to kind of bundle up Huddle and go down and go against it. Michigan. Yeah. And scuttle, scuttle Builds sideways. character. Yeah. Absolutely. And did you have to like tie yourselves together just in case you can get lost? Kind oh, of I, I lost away? my mom twice. Ah. Yeah. She's a very small woman. Happens. Happens I know. the best of us. She's got a breeze and <laughs> cool. she's got a gun. She's in the Upper Mother. Peninsula. She's pulling out her back. She's going to get you she back. In the, she's in the UP. Oh, and there, so this is another moment where she just looks at me and she goes, are you sure this is where you want to go? <laughs> and we walk into the dorms and, you know, they're showing us the dorm rooms and it's, you know, they're talking about the tornado warning system and everything. And they go, okay, you know, we we've two rules. They don't know. have that in California. No. Mom. No, yeah. Isn't this exciting? Right. Yeah. And of all the rooms they could have, the rules they could have had in a dormitory, their number one rule was no engines in the dorm. That's a pretty good. All right. And I was like, so, okay, I think, yep. I'm it's like, always I'm good like, to Mom, know who was the one that caused that rule to be put in place it wasn't just was, one person the, either there's the, no way it was one person and two rooms later there was a door cracked open and i peeked inside and there was a cherry picker and i'm like yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay <laughs> yep this is it so that i mean that was it so i was that's the school all right that's, that's the school i went to but the question is did you ever break that rule and happen to have an engine at some point in your dorm room i did not oh. i did not i drove a toyota i didn't need I to work on my engine oh well, just I, someone see you, I see what you did there oh. nice that's good. Cut through that Detroit weather. Ooh. Wow. Just, just, just take a second and, and live in that. Yeah. Exactly. Sit um, not for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, boy, Michigan. The first course, time. Carl really enjoyed his first trip to Michigan, which happened in January, right? No, Kyle? no. The no. first time I went, it was in April. I was like, this is great. It's mm-hmm. so nice. Mm-hmm. It's warm. Mm-hmm. Everything is very affordable. They have Tim Hortons. That's all I really want they in the world. They do have Tim Hortons. And Fago. You're a big fan of the Fago. I do like Rock and Rye. I went to the Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. I went to the Henry Ford as well. I got an injection molded bust of Abraham Lincoln. It's great. I still have it. That's um, pretty awesome. It is. Those The machines that make them are the most terrifying things in the entire. It's like Moldorama. I think they're called. And like you can smell them from like 50 feet away because it's just this vat of hot plastic, like mm-hmm. just waiting to be, you know, actuated by like your, you know, two or three into, dollars that you feed into it. And then they, like it spits it out and it's like, please wait a few minutes for you to touch your, your new souvenir. And like it's like trying to carry it. And like so they have one that was um, like they had Rosa Parks bus. They had uh, Lincoln's uh, head because obviously they got the chair. They, um, 
Jesus. I don't know. They had a bunch of other ones. Why but... did you not get the whole collection, Kyle? Honestly. Well, you know, it's next pretty, time. Pretty tight trip. I had to go see a car collection, and you know, can't can't do everything. And then the second time I went was for the auto show in January, and I've never been that cold in my entire life. Why did they choose to have that auto show? I think in they're Detroit trying in January. That's a good. It's question. a great auto show, but. Re- yeah, like really? I think they're trying to move it to like June. I heard this as and well. make it an outdoor thing, which also doesn't sound great. Like, because I think it's pretty humid. There. That's where we like to have our prototypes, though, is out outdoor as well. The concept cars, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. makes a lot of sense. Of course. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I think it's January, so they might be able to get the jump on other. I think things. that's. I think that and was inten- the that was the original intention. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like stacked up with CES, which is a problem, especially for like my actual like job job team, because we have to cover both. So people have to go from CES in Vegas directly to Michigan. Like, no, do not go home. Do not wash your clothes. Do not, you know, and that's not ideal. No, Mm-mm. especially after Vegas. Oof. <laughs> um, Kyle's second favorite place. Mm-hmm. God, I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. I hate Las Vegas so much. I hate Kyle, let's SEMA. talk about we're, the places where just, you do yeah, like. Exactly. We're just like, I just got fit in the back of a postage stamp. Isn't that I just right? got back from Montreal and it was beautiful. <laughs> I would like to go back there again. That was very nice. Um, not a huge automotive industry in Montreal, but you know, you can do what you can. Yeah. Uh, in any case, so let's, let's, let's change directions just a little bit. So some of our listeners might not understand fuel cells because they're, I mean, it, it, it sounds like you put hydrogen in, you get electricity out, but it's, it's like a black box. Nobody knows how it works. Science. It is. It's a magic, magical black That's box. That's exactly science. science. So could you, could you demystify a little bit? Could you do the Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and give us the... Whoa. That's a... It's a big ass. That's a big ass. I mean, yeah. the answer to that is no. Okay. Well, <laughs> give us the podcast equivalent. So... <laughs> Uh, sure. So, I mean, you know, hydrogen, you never find it by itself Okay. in the atmosphere. It's always bonded to something. It's because that floating electron, it always wants to be bonding to something. So, you know, you can find it in water, you can find it in biogas, you can find it in every natural gas, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So when we strip it, it already wants to find a partner. So what we do is we have hydrogen that's stored in the hydrogen tanks on board the vehicle. It's, at, uh, it's in compressed form. So it's a compressed gaseous fuel at okay. 10,000 PSI in our tanks. We just open up a valve when you step on the accelerator and that valve, because of that differential pressure, that valve just allows free flowing hydrogen to go down and enter the injectors, at which case it enters one side of the fuel cell. Okay. On the intake side, we just have oxygen that comes in from the air. We have a compressor that brings that up to whatever pressure that we need to maintain the flow of oxygen to the fuel cell. And so we have the oxygen that comes in on one side, the hydrogen comes in on the other side, and they kind of immediately want to bond into water because this is what the hydrogen does. Uh, We also provide just the right circumstances for that to happen, which is higher temperature, humidification, and then we have a very light platinum catalyst that helps to catalyze that reaction and really get it going. So then the... Hydrogen breaks when it hits that that catalyst into an electron and a proton. So we're going back to like basic chemistry. And the proton is allowed to travel through the fuel cell. So it kind of has a direct path to its oxygen buddy. So now the proton and the oxygen are on one side, but the electron can't. It cannot pass because of the properties of this membrane. It cannot pass through. So we kind of have devised a, a conductive circuit around the outside of that membrane that the electron finds and it flows around that external circuit and it meets up with its proton and with the oxygen it creates water and that goes out the tailpipe. And once you get that reaction happening quick enough, you get that flow of the electrons. That's exactly what creates the 
electricity that goes then to the boost converter that then goes to the electric motor and is powering the vehicle. Okay. So it's it sounds pretty complicated, but it's actually just using the basic properties of what it is hydrogen wants to sure. do and then creating the right kind of situation that forces those electrons to to flow around the membrane that yeah. creates the, the current. She's basically described our relationship, Carl, how we came together through mm-hmm. podcasts and then we just make the energy happen. Uh, who's yeah. the hydrogen who's the oxygen here? No, we're still working on that one. <laughs> yeah. I can take a guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is there so? Is there like a challenge to making that process happen more efficiently? Like, is like how has the technology developed from? I mean, it's been around. It's not new technology by any means. Um, but how has that technology progressed to like what you have now in the Mirai? Uh, certainly, there was there there have been so many steps that have gone into improving it, and when we're continuing even into the next generation. Uh, if anyone's ever gone to the Air and Space Museum in D.C., I don't know if you saw the Apollo, the fuel cells that they have in the Apollo space program. They were giant, right? Mm-hmm. These yeah. massive, massive fuel cells. And those don't even touch the power output of what we have in the stack today. So, um, you know, we've we've gone through different ways of, of how to introduce the gases on either side. If you want to get down to just like the mechanics, you know, the way that you introduce the gases makes a huge difference of, you know, if you have any kind of pressure losses or any kind of flow impediments or anything like that, you need to have what's called a solid a gas diffusion layer, a mm-hmm. well-designed gas diffusion layer. Okay. You want to have as much surface area of the catalyst as possible so that the hydrogen can hit the hot catalyst and the oxygen can hit the catalyst. And there's ways to actually go in and alter the microstructure of that catalyst to change the surface area and then also just the exchange membrane itself what the materials are that you use for that and then when you get to manufacturing how do you manufacture the cells to make them smaller and more compact so there there are all of these efficiency gains that we've done in both the mechanical structure of the stack and then also software management so how do we you know we have a hydrogen recirculation pump we have an air compressor how do we maintain the right balance again back to basic chemistry stoichiometry we want to maintain the right amount of hydrogen to oxygen so yep. that we get the maximum amount of power while using the minimum minimum amount of hydrogen okay all right well that was like well, i mean that makes sense to me yeah more or less even. yeah yeah no that was actually that was really good that was a really, really good explanation so one thing that i i am kind of curious about too as far as the like hydrogen infrastructure goes is that it seems like hydrogen prices fluctuate a lot like uh, you know and when somebody buys a mirai they get you know a certain number it's what three years i think at this point of, of free fuel yep. up to a certain amount up to fifteen thousand. that's pretty sweet um but like how is that is that something that that do you think is going if hydrogen becomes more widely adopted do you think that's something that's going to stabilize more and it's just a case of like it being a smaller a smaller pool so you get bigger fluctuations or... So the interesting thing about hydrogen is that it's already mass produced in the U.S., right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a huge industrial commodity, and they use it in everything from you know, cracking petroleum, adding it to petroleum, to the process to make gasoline, to creating laundry detergent, making, you know, any time there's like a Procter & Gamble plant, there'll be a hydrogen plant that helps to make all of the products that we use mm-hmm. daily. So hydrogen itself actually doesn't fluctuate so okay. much. And it's a, it's a domestic renewable 
for in the case of Mirai, 33% renewable fuel, okay. but something that we produce domestically. And so actually we control that price pretty well. Oh, okay. The, the difference for the hydrogen pricing that goes into the Mirai currently is that um, also companies are trying to recoup that capital investment of the station itself, sure. which, is uh, unique, okay, that makes sense. which is unique to hydrogen as a fuel as compared to gasoline. Like no gasoline station owner builds a gasoline station and then tries to tack on another dollar to a dollar to the price of gasoline to sure. cover the cost of the station. They make mm-hmm. the money in, in another way. So we're in a, a kind data of... data rates. Actually, yeah. Data rates, uh, I would imagine, tobacco. And power rates. Monster energy. 60% yeah. of that stuff they sell at convenience stores. Beef jerky. Ugh, I mean, those, like, where else does one buy beef jerky? All those right? hot dogs that you see spinning around. The on, hot dogs. on the side of the road this, on the way to Vegas. That's yeah, the other place to buy beef jerky. Or Detroit. Yeah, there you go. What's <laughs> your favorite place? Old Detroit. <laughs> so yeah, in that case, there is. I mean, there, and that's part of, you know, because there is there isn't um, very much cost competitiveness. We're seeing these different models of how people are trying to recover different costs because there was a bit of uncertainty in how that pricing would be reflected to our customers. That's part of why we included the cost of the fuel, or we we included the fuel, and when people leased or or bought the Mirai, because you know we want the customers that take this journey with us as we just you know launched the first vehicle to really. Um, have a good fueling experience and part of that is is you know without really understanding where that cost is going to fall because it's such a brand new industry that we wanted to take that kind of unknown off off the table for them cool how has it been in using the technology from Mirai to as you said maybe moving into larger vehicles so you see here in in southern california especially for all the work that goes on and around with those trucks in the port how has it been able to scale up like that is it pretty straightforward or it's actually very straightforward. Uh, fuel cell is as simple as adding more cells to get more power. Yep. And um, well, I say I say it's simple, but obviously building probably, a semi, building yeah. a semi, you know, okay. Well, yeah, that's it, what I was gonna say. I could hardly do that together. Like, yeah, I mean, How hard can it be? <laughs> I mean, give me some Lego bricks, and I can give me a shot at it. Exactly. I know I could do it easy. A little bit of yeah. some dip, some zip ties, some Done. duct tape, a bit of elbow grease, and I'm all in there. <laughs> absolutely, that's absolutely. Right. But that is one of the advantages of fuel cells is that it can you can scale it up and and you know and and down okay. very easily, and because the fuel cell creates the electricity but it doesn't it doesn't store it, you're using you get the advantage of of the high energy density of hydrogen, and so for you know for a class eight semi we're able to refill that semi and get the range for that semi truck that we would expect with a diesel truck, okay, and and use fuel cells to provide the power and if I don't, hopefully you've maybe seen some of our demonstrations but it, it you know it's far superior in acceleration to a diesel truck because we get that beautiful electric motor which you know we're starting to see more and more people start to realize that electric motor just because electric doesn't mean it's not fun to drive in many right. cases it can be pretty exciting yeah no, <laughs> I attest to having an electric motor that's exciting to drive yes yeah. i can imagine uh yeah just buzz marketing your your fiat with its r compound tires again. i know well it needs the r compound tires <laughs> it makes all the difference yeah, clearly it's really good at picking up nails, though, unfortunately. Way, way. <laughs> but uh, what about in going from the engineering side to what your previous passion was in the design side? So obviously when you're coming together with those two worlds, how what's the discussions or the interactions like on that point? Actually, because I'm part of the powertrain team, so I really don't touch the design ah, so much. They give okay. me the, the you know they give us a space at which we can package something, but as far as the exterior, it's really there isn't as much... Um, you know, interaction between my particular team. There is another team that manages all of that for us. But. And you say they might butt heads occasionally, maybe uh, once or uh, twice a year. Probably all the time, all all all, all the time. Yeah, 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 all the time. Hmm. So, what are some of your favorite uh, vehicles, like you know, that you've 
owned or driven or just admire? Like, what do you what do you enjoy personally apart from, you know? Hmm, that's that's a real hard question. Um, we don't ask easy ones here. No, every question we no. ask is a difficult one. Well, and it's you know because each vehicle serves its own purpose, right? So, so you know, if I'm like looking to just go cruising, you know, like a old CJ mm-hmm. is is like a you know like there's it's hard to beat a beach mm-hmm. day just cruising up and down in a CJ. No doors, so, no problem. Exactly. No no doors, no problem. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, if I'm looking to just like you know whip something around a track, Miata. Yep. Those are, I mean, those are real, they're, they're real fun. Or like an old Corolla. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's, it's a real fun car. Yeah. Um, or if you wanted to deliver sushi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going on, like, on, you know, on looks, I just, I have this thing for the lines of a 55 Corvette. Sure. Cause, classic. Everybody likes to see one. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, like, nobody's ever seen one driving down the street and been like, ugh, what is that? I don't, well, I don't think. Well, and only, I, the, I only the ones that are like, is. the ones that like, they take a C5 Corvette and they try to make it look like a C1 Corvette. Oh. That's a crime against humanity. That is, that should not be allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not, yeah. Let's not yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Just, just too late, that Carl. That, that should not... Never mention that again. Yeah. Just put that in the, I think the Germans would call that the gift shrunk. Yeah. Yeah. The poison cabinet. You put that in there and don't forget about it. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. That's right. Um, <laughs> but I get to go home this week in a Mariah. You do. So tell me what I should expect with that. How will that be different from, well, my other cars that I drive? Well, I, it's funny because, you know, one of the ways that I used to describe the Mira was it's remarkably unremarkable. Yep. And that it, it, we're not targeting an audience that will be blown away by the performance, right? But it will feel pretty much like your, like any other car, except that, you know, we have, again, that electric motor, so we get better acceleration and it's quieter. So it's, it is a more comfortable and more enjoyable ride mm-hmm. if you, than if you were to be driving its gasoline counterpart. Um, and again, you'll have the same similar refueling time, similar range. So really, the, the idea of the Mirai was to offer a zero emission vehicle that can be a full replacement to your conventional vehicle. And so that's kind of what you should expect is that, you know, there's this incredible huge technological achievement happening underneath you as you're driving and Mm -hmm. to you as the driver it'll just feel like a nice ride yeah which is what i'm looking forward to because i will say one thing about having a fiat 500 in our compound tires Mm -hmm. you don't quite get the range Mm -hmm. that it suggests you do i don't understand why not because obviously with our compound tires they'd be grippier and stickier and then you want to drive faster and you get in the corners (laughs) quick so you want to accelerate more and brake more but i don't understand why that reflects it It are you saying that accelerating isn't good for fuel and decelerating yeah who would have thought it really brake yeah i should write this down Science. This is, this is, yeah, this is a serious high end. You could maybe take this. It might go for more of a senior when it was. Do you, uh, do you need a job? Senior, senior. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're about to go infinity brain here. And just, Whoa! <laughs> oh my god! Science. Jed's all right. James is a little bit loopy. He's got heat stroke from riding in my car all the way to Torrance. And uh, yes, yeah, a lot of sun. Yeah, a lot of sun. That glass house. A lot of sun. <laughs> Which is? Oh, it's a uh, um, it's a nineteen seventy Mercedes Benz um, sedan. So it's. Yeah, a lot of very old glass with like no UV protection. Mm-hmm. And James Excellent has allergies. for naps. It's great. Yeah, it's really nice napping. Car. Especially if you like to cook. Yeah, yeah. you can cook yeah. real well in it. Yeah, yeah. and well, I, if I'm hot, I just fall asleep. So and it's, oh, there you it's, go. it's my first, napping vehicle. The uh, the seatbelts are possibly the best seatbelts you could ever have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They're made by Kangol, who make uh, Samuel L. Jackson's hats and L. O. Cool J's hats. Oh sure, yeah. Ladies love cool J. Well, the other one. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, no, it's anyway, it's great. It, I was just excited that it made it to Torrance. That's the other thing. Yeah, I, I was also very this excited for that too, since we were only a little bit late thanks reliability. to uh, LA traffic. But uh, yeah, better to arrive at all than sometimes not with your car. That's yeah. right, which most of the time not. But that's fine. That's why I have an incredibly reliable British motorcycle. So it helps. Know, it does. It does. Which also just came out of the shop. But that's that's fine. That's fine. I don't need to talk about that. Um. Yeah. So, so I want to revisit Pep Boys. Uh oh. Oh, please, please do. Also, apologies. What are what are their names? Manny, Mo, and Jeff? Jack. Jack. Yep. Manny, Mo, and Jack. All right. So how was it working at Pep Boys? It 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 was it was interesting. It was interesting. Why interesting? You got to elaborate a little bit more on that. Well, it was. Well, all I know so, is the front desk there, and I go in, ask for a part. In this case, a light for my Fiat Five Hundred. They mm-hmm. tell me which Fiat Five Hundred is it that this part's going in. Mm-hmm. I like the E, and mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know which one that is for a start. What is this foreign car you talk of? Mm-hmm. And then I point out <laughs> on the little display which one it is. I said it's this one. Mm-hmm. No, we don't have that in stock. Gonna have to order that. <laughs> oh, they can't order it. They can't order just one. You're, oh, you're talking the wrong parts associate. I know. You need to know the right people. That's, I know. I mean, that's rule number one of Pet Boys. You start. You need to facilitate a relationship with a parts person who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Having been a parts person, that's a nobody wants to do that. Nobody <laughs> wants to get to know their parts person. Because then, obviously, it means what well, you know your parts person, don't you, Carl? Yeah, he's me. <laughs> and you know your mechanic very well because you're his parts person. Well, I do. Yeah, my mechanic is 84 years old, and he's he's just very grumpy in German. But perfect. He, he, yeah. <laughs> He calls one place for parts, and it, they're very expensive, but they're, that's all he has to worry about. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, but Pep Boys. Man, we didn't have those where I grew up. No Pep Boys. So, we had, like, Napa, and then now it's O'Reilly's, but it was, like, Shucks, where, I, where I'm from. That was actually my first, like, car job, was I was a parts person at Shucks for, like, a bunch of years. And then, I don't know, we, had, like, we didn't really have, like, a Pep Boys equivalent. Like, they did tires and parts and all that other stuff. Oh, the tires. Oh, I loved the smell of tires. That was probably my favorite thing about working there was walking in. And, and the tires and, and just smelling the tires. Was, do you just leave tires around your home now? I do. That's I just, right. that's actually, I actually get the tire scented candles. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it has the ambiance. Incense, it has ambiance yeah. And you, know, you could just set fire to a tire as well. Yeah. It has the same yeah. thing and it will probably burn longer. Yeah. If we tried that in Michigan, it's not the same smell. No. <laughs> like the tire scented incense diffuser. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's, del- it's delicious. It's so wonderful stuff. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so it was, it was a very, it was interesting for several reasons. And, you know, one was actually the part of the, the auto ROP that I was in at the time at my high school, I, you know, I went through ROP one and ROP two, they actually required that you have a job at an auto shop. Okay. And so I, I, I scoured Sacramento looking for a job and nobody would give me one anywhere at any of the auto shops. Fools. Fool. Ha. Right. No. Jokes on them now. <laughs> ha. Well, and I like, and, and, and the manager at this particular pet boys was, he was the only one that gave me like a, just even a glimpse of hope, this poor man. So I came back every single day until he oh, finally no. gave me a job. I like your persistence. I w- yeah, I was, I was not taking no for an answer. And, you know, and, and so I, I started and I, you know, I, I read everything I could. I, I didn't like not knowing things. I still don't like, I don't think anybody really likes that, but I particularly had, was not a fan of not knowing things. And so I, I poured myself into learning everything I could about the parts catalog, about, mm-hmm. about, about everything, about tools, everything. And again, you know, prior to even auto starting auto shop six months earlier i couldn't have told you even what a socket was like my dad's idea of a tool was you know a butter knife and a hammer and 
and may, maybe duct you can get pretty tape. far with which, all three of them. I mean, you can, anywhere you need you, to go. Yeah. Except, but then you can't. It's just that little bit at the end. It's where the, you it's get the that little, little bank of stuff that yep. you. Where does this one go? I, yep. I don't know yep. what to do with that. Or yeah, I'm not can't. Yeah, or can't quite <laughs> tighten this one the way I need to. Yeah, or maybe I just can't get this one out anymore because I've tried yeah, so exactly, much. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, there. I mean, so with that came obviously a ton of embarrassing moments where I did not pick up the right tool, or you know, didn't even know what the right tool was called. Um, and, but the working at Pet Boys did kind of showed me right into that, the center of, of that space where people would come in and have these sometimes very obscure Mm -hmm. questions of things that they were looking for. And for me, it was, it was, it became a hunt and and a challenge accepted. accepted. And it was a lot of fun. There was all kinds of shenanigans and the guys, you know, in the back were really patient with me. And I ended up moving to the service garage from there. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those where, you know, there's all kinds of pros and cons. I would always, um, volunteer to run parts if like we had to go to a dealership to pick up a part or something. Cause little known fact, people don't know this. If you work in the parts and you have to go pick up a part, sometimes dealerships will let you test drive new cars that they have while you're picking up a part. That was absolutely not my experience. That was 100% my experience. <laughs> they, they looked at me, they clocked me right away like, no, get back in your stupid truck. Oh, no. Mine, With a hat mine on was, it, you go. You go now. Mine was, uh, well, I think at first it was like a shock because it's like, you're here. Yeah, okay, funny. Like, funny, you're here to pick up a part. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, really, I'm here to pick up a part. Okay, well, have you driven the new Corvette? No. Well, no, I have. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Do you have one you would like to let me direct? Let's do this. So yeah, so that I mean that was the perks, and then there was obviously the 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 negative um, aspects of it. You know, like I would have customers that would call in just to mess with me when they knew that I was working. Oh, okay. I'd have you know the the like I always got the blinker fluid question. You know, like like people would try to stump me because sure. you know I I did not present myself as other pet boys parts man you know parts you mean you were enthusiastic or, and helpful 100 percent enthusiastic mm-hmm. that's what it was that's what it was mm-hmm. so you know and I had, I had one of my favorite moments was i had this this grumpy old man come up to uh the parts counter and he's you know excuse me there are a man back here that can help me and i'm like oh let me, let me go grab you a man. So I walked in the back, which wasn't abnormal. No. Guy up here needs a man. Unfortunately, no. Guy, guy up here needs a man. You can help him. And, you know, one of the guys walks up to the counter and, you know, he starts, you know, working on, you know, working on the computer as you were talking about going mm-hmm. through that. that And at the time it was like that black and the horrible black oh, yeah. and green, like DOS yep. screen. You know, yep. we're talking like that like cutting well, edge click, technology. Press down and then. Click. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and the whole time you're like getting more and more anxiety as the parts associates like click. Click, 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 yep. click, clicking for your part, and you're mm-hmm. like, you're doing it wrong. Um, and I'm in the back, and so I'm right in this area where I'm just like restocking alternators or something, but I can see what he's doing. And the guy's asking for points. Well, we didn't have points in the computer because they were too old that they hadn't sure. been put into that system yet. But we do have a catalog, and we also stock them in the back. And so he's like, no, I'm sorry, sir, we don't sell these here. And the guy's adamant. He's like, I bought them here a week ago. You know, I know you have them here. Blah, 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 blah. And getting all frustrated with our with our other associate. With that man. With that <sighs> man. Who finally turns around to me and goes, Jackie, do you know where they are? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know where they are. I go back to stocking alternators. Yeah. <laughs> kind of look over and finally this, this, this guy looks at me and he goes, I'm sorry, would you mind helping me? You're like, and I was no, like, no, oh, no, well, that, well, that, I, yeah. that ship has sailed, the, friend. Yes. I immediately Good clocked luck. out, immediately clocked out mm-hmm. now at the front. Yeah. No, yeah. I, no, so I, I mean, I went and get, I went and got him his points and I tried, I tried to be, you know, take the high road, but now I find myself telling the story all the time. So but maybe the I didn't day, really, but you know, it, it was, it was what, it was a very, it was like a perfect 
example of that entire experience where it was yeah. just you know it was it was a at the end of the day though you won twice because he bought points so he you know he's going to just be frustrated on the daily with those on the mm -hmm. daily he'll be in next yeah. week to like, get definitely <laughs> oh man i lost my matchbook so i can't gap him on the side of the road kind of the worst that's... And on, on, you know, on the flip side, I would have, you know, I would have women come in mm -hmm. and they would, you know, need help with something and, and they would kind of immediately come to me and, you know, sure. say that they were having trouble finding their, you know, their replacement headlights or something, sure. something like that. Mm -hmm. I'd say, well, do you know how to install these? And they'd go, no. I'd be like, okay, well, I'll take them out to the parking lot real quick and I'll show you how to do it. You know, I'd show them real quick and they'd go, oh my God, that's so easy. It's like, yeah, it is. It is really easy. It's not yeah. this big mythical thing that you've been sold. Like right. you just pop your hood and twist this one thing and plug this other thing in and twist it. Well, depending on the car, yeah. obviously. But, you yeah. know, you know, it was it was that was also fun to be able to kind of maybe demystify vehicles a bit for people who were otherwise a little a little bit nervous and, yeah. and to maybe too gun shy to go up and approach, you know, the. You know, us in our very intimidating black Dickies uniforms, which were especially wow. awesome in Sacramento summers. Oh, yeah, perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Not for you, Carl? Mm-mm. Mm -hmm. No, they make them out of the worst material you can the make worst. It It's like There's zero breathing. They, yeah, they don't breathe. They're scratchy. Super scratchy. Yeah, it's just not... Like why do they, do they just want you to be uncomfortable? Miserable. To I think they do. I think it's, it's part the of the time. cell. Yeah. They're like, oh, I gotta take it to pet boys. Yeah, everybody's angry about their uniforms and yeah, being everybody's hot. angry when they go in and they, people are angry at their uniforms. It's just this whole culture of you know <laughs> anger. That's right. It's that's the problem with America. But everyone's just Obviously. so happy. Yeah. Once it, all the it, customers yeah. left, and then you know we take the empty you know those cardboard boxes that all the quarts of oil came in and we'd put them on our heads and mm -hmm. joust with, you know, mops and stuff like that. Real well, adult, that. real adult things. It's, so, you know, it may, it's, what's, it's what makes worth work worthwhile, you know? I like it. It's good stuff. <laughs> we should stop doing more of that, Cal. <laughs> yeah, we will. We we go to your go house. To, I hope that the next picture that I see from you guys, you know, maybe on someone's Twitter account is you guys with empty oil boxes on your head. We'll do what we can. We just, well, we just go to one, break into Pet Boys. Mm -hmm. Two. Step one. Mm -hmm. Can't uh, be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Empty out the oil and get it out there, and then you start doing it at Pet Boys and say, "Look, Jackie said it's okay." She, she told me it's yeah. okay. Totally said it was okay. So it's okay. Yeah. Got the memo from the boss. Said these guys they do it the one. Can I just make just... a real quick statement? It is not. I am not condoning <laughs> breaking uh, into Pet Boys. Well, I might make my an exception on my no editing for that one. Just, <laughs> can I just we... refer you to Twitter here? It's, uh, yeah, we were right. told that it's Jackie okay. Said yeah. it was totally fine. I remember that mm -hmm. succinctly that it was okay. Mm-hmm. So, all right. And then another one. Do you still work on your cars now then? Or do you, because obviously being a senior engineer, you do a lot of work here on one on the science. That's what interns are for. It. Intern, go work on my personal vehicle. Do you know, that's actually, that's something that I've struggled with. And I have a lot of other um, engineers that have moved to LA mm -hmm. that struggle with the same thing where, um, you know, I lost my two car garage when I moved down here. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's street parking. So I didn't even have a garage. That's, yeah. It's rough. Yeah. So yeah, no, my my uh, my my tools have stayed in storage, and and it has been a long time since I have done anything like that. So mm. unfortunately, unfortunately, no. But also, you know, we have a pretty nice maintenance program here, so we can, you know, could be worse. I get to, yeah, I get to, I get to I get to do you know something sometimes, but it's mm -hmm. it's very you know. And I say that I'm complaining. You know, I'm complaining. Well, I don't get to like rental my cars. I don't get to do the the crappy maintenance nobody wants to do anymore crawl right. underneath and you know yeah, this guys, get, in a, been, get in a very uncomfortable position to it's been so my many oil filter. years since i've packed a cv joint that i just i really am <laughs> do you know i have packed a cv joint they're the and worst I'm, I'm gonna put it out there right now replace the axle man mm -hmm. do it all at once always do it all at once always do it 
All at once. Never doesn't, again. Doesn't cost ne- that much. And you're I thought I was, that. Sa- I was like, I'm saving like 100, bo- 100 bucks. I'm going to do this. <laughs> no. Never again. It takes I'm, so long I'm to get that smell out. The grease gets everywhere. Everywhere. And it smells so bad. Uh, you think it's going to take like a couple hours. Next thing you know, you're like. <laughs> three days uh, later. Yeah, three days later. <laughs> at least. And then you're like, should we do the other one at the same time? And you're like, no, oh. no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, so then, you know, and then I think back to the days of like, you know, try and even rotate your tires when you have you know, one jack. Oh God. You know, and now, you know, and now it's like, okay, now I, I'm not, I have lifts. I have, you know, we have here, we have a, a cold dino cell, a hot dino cell, anechoic dino cell, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like you walk in, it's like the Mecca of yeah. anything fun that you really want to do in a car. And it's like, you know what? Maybe I'm okay with like not, not working on my car. Yeah. yeah. You get, you get spoiled. You're like, you know what? Yeah, I need to, like, that's no, all right. These guys gonna, do a good job. Well, the thing I like, I learned is that having a project car that you have to drive, is the worst never never you want to separate those two it's like it's like having a house like a like building a fixer-upper that you then have to live in right why why bother but yeah it's like and same thing is i also learned i'm a really terrible mechanic i'm the (laughs) worst so i shouldn't ever touch my own cars and um and i'm happy to pay someone to do it to touch it yeah now that now that i'm an adult with a modicum of dignity and self-respect i can just send it to somebody who's way better at it than i am exactly and especially when you're younger and you try and do something and then you mess it up and you can get away with being young and saying oh it's my first time doing this Mm -hmm. i've never done it but now you're like well i've been driving a little bit and done a little bit of work no i'll get someone else to do it properly and then i can shout at them when and pay them more money when it might break again yeah yeah well, which happens too often carl right constant oh my god constantly i'd be i'd have so much like just i just throw money around if i could if i, if I had a normal car mm-hmm. but instead i mean it's like a boat that you just you throw it's like a hole you throw money into it's, it's the, like a swimming pool <laughs> So, I love it so much, and it's so pretty. And when it works, it's wonderful. But that it, it just works less and less and less, and it's yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's the life, you know. So I'm looking forward to Kyle getting a boat as well as his car. That, that would like the best of both I, worlds. I don't that... swim, James. Not going to happen. There that's you go. perfect. You drive. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that's that's my my personal automotive hell that I live in every day. Yeah, yeah, but no, the uh, garage space in Los Angeles really is a kicker. You have it a will, garage. Yeah. Well, I do. It's great, and I could fit two cars in there comfortably. I street park my bike and my car. I know. Lucky you. Oh, are you one of those guys that like parks your bike right in front of your car? So Not usually. You... Okay, all right. I try to be mm-hmm. super. I hate when people put their motorcycle in between a bunch of cars. Yes. Because then, like, inevitably, one of the cars will move, and they're, they're like, it just it makes it inconvenient for everybody. So I'll park at the end of a block pretty much exclusively and okay. then it's fine all right and then my car i'll just put wherever i mean i live in koreatown so parking is at a premium mm-hmm. so i'll just put my car wherever it'll fit mostly or sometimes it doesn't fit super well but mm-hmm. make it work or you could just move to like santa clarita i know there's a lot of garage space I, yeah i could um but I, I did mention the whole dignity and self-respect thing so that's not going to work for me personally I mean, you it's know. okay for others, right, Cal? It's it's fine for everybody else. You I mean, know, I've got a good friend cast. that's got a ranch that's got like fifty Ferraris on it out there. Whoa, that's true. Yeah, he's, so I mean, well, he's not even. That's people. like he's way north of that. He's like, I thought he was like north of the grapevine. I know he's like a Lawndale, Palmdale. Lawndale is by where we are now. Palmdale is where. Um, <laughs> Same thing. They've got Dales. The, the because like the I got Dales. high guys from. <laughs> yeah, all the Dales. They're rescue rangers, right? Any Dale will do if you're James McKeon. I mean, I was still thinking about the Yorkshire Dales, Rolling Hills. That's England. It's close enough. You've lost me. You've lost me. That's all right. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, so that's a hard pass for me on uh, Santa Clarita. I'll stay in the middle of the city and be miserable yeah. with my parking and then happy about everything else. I mean, Carl, even without the parking, is just miserable most of the time anyway. Mm. Yeah. kind of used to that. Well, you know, moments of levity. They're uncomfortable. I just got to keep it. Mm-hmm. Just keep it keep it even at all times. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, so if people want to find uh, out more about what you do and like you know your what you got going on that kind of thing, where would they go to do that? Twitter.com slash Mirai. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or I'm also on Twitter. Okay. Which is at Jackie Birdsall. I'm really creative. Remember that conversation that we had earlier yeah, about I see. that creativity? Yeah. yeah. I came up with good, that on my own. Good call on that one. Can you by believe the way. that? Yeah. I know. Good call on the career change. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Listen, and, when, when they're right, they're right. You know, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm really not creative at all. You just got to really go with it. Yep. James, where can people find you and all your, your fine work? People can find me online at no breaking n-o-b-r-a-k-i-n-g that's also nobreaking.com n-o-b-r-a-k-i-n-g.com kyle where can they find you and your cats well first of all james i just want to say that the the, the synergy that you have between all of your various online uh, personas is just i'm in awe every what? every week at no breaking on facebook at no breaking on instagram that's right well i try yeah. you know you got to be in there early kyle we got to be an early adopter. No breaking ever. I'm just glad that no one was able to grab the Kyle J. Hyatt before you. That's right. There's only one. Exactly. There's a lot of other Kyle Hyatts, including shout out Jamaican Trap Lord. That guy's the best. But yeah, you guys are laughing. There's really a young man <laughs> in Baltimore on, on Instagram and stuff. And his name is Kyle Hyatt. And he I think he just graduated college. Good for him. Congratulations, buddy. And his, his, his Instagram is at Jamaican Trap Lord. And I'm so not even the coolest kyle hyatt anymore ever once i figured that guy out i was like i'll you know i'm gonna step down there was actually an award that the kyle hyatts give amongst themselves and kyle had it for a few weeks yep and then he had to give it away very quickly yeah oh yeah i'm not gonna stand in the way of progress (laughs) i mean it's fine uh yeah anyway so yeah uh, i was just like thinking i'm like i need to pull out my phone right now follow this guy it's great he's great uh he drives a chrysler 300c and he just lives his best life in baltimore yes um he's one of the baltimore boys i wish he was a 12 if he was a 12 o'clock boy that would would, be so much better i would literally just cash it in i'd be done i'd be like okay i'm just gonna change my name i was gonna say that's the point when you go to change your name i can't compete Yeah, yeah i can't uh, anyway, so yeah, if you want to find uh, what I do for a living, uh, you can go to theroadshow.com. We're part of CNET. We are the transportation uh, destination on CNET, if you will. And I write a lot about a lot of crass things about Elon Musk. And then and uh, magnesium, for that matter. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, Kyle J. Hyatt. Hyatt like the hotel. But, you know, not. Because it would be good if you were, because then we'd have a lot more money to spend on this. We should, we should set up a Patreon just because I'm not related to the, the hotel. I think that, the guy's, that guy's first name was Hyatt. That's yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then, well, that's good. a whole other rabbit. Exactly. We're not going to go down there. Anyway, in any case, thank you guys for tuning in for another week. We had a blast. Thank yeah. you, Jackie, for taking the time. Thank you for having Kyle, me. Oh, you're cutting us off short, though, before we can plug that people need to give us more reviews. Well, I was going to get to that. No, you weren't, You're Kyle. stepping on my lines, that. James. Kyle, the eyes, they've glazed right over. You're going to go right to the exit You just point. peed my Wheaties, friend. No, never, Kyle. I mean, I did give you some wonderful Lucky Charms. Yeah. You did. You did. That's yeah. good. Uh, go ahead. Why don't you? How many stars should they give us, James? At least. I mean, you can only give five. Five. But in reality, we're well better than five. Sure. I mean, I would have gone at least 
672. That's the stars that I would should be going for. Wow, hubris. Out of there five. It is. And they should say many, many positive things about us. Yeah. That's really what we look for. Yeah. I mean, our moms read those reviews. So if you say something mean, they'll be upset. Yeah. Patricia is going to come after you like a mama bear. She's ang- she's going to be so angry. And she, whew. Palmer Ke- uh, Mama Kean, I should say, and Palmer Kean for that matter, or Palpin Kean's upset at you at this moment in time, Kyle. Why is Nigel upset with me? Because of your Formula One review. All right. Well, Nigel better realize that when he comes to the United States, it's going to be headlocktober for the entire time he's here. Woo! Shout he's fighting words. That's right. In any case, thank you guys. <laughs> Please do those things. Uh, subscribe Sub- if you haven't. Exactly. Gotcha. And um, yeah, come back next week when our guests will be some different people. Yeah. But it should be fun. So yeah. Come back. Thank you. Guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.